Hello. We are so glad that you could join us today. Our prayer is that as you listen to the word, you would take this time to draw nearer to God as an individual and as a family. God loves you so so much, and his desire is for you to get closer to him in this season through worship, through dwelling in his word and prayer. We've just finished an absolutely fantastic and brilliant action conference under the theme Piercing the Darkness. And we're so grateful uh, to our guest ministers that from the United States that minister to our local pastors here. And obviously to Apostle Tom, who really capped it off last uh, Sunday with Piercing the Darkness and by us being sensitive to those that suffer from mental health. And that is really something that will be looking at as a church in, in, in the coming season. But also on Saturday, we took time to celebrate uh, Pastor Bonnie's 40 years of ministry, which is she's celebrating this year, and a whole life story, a story of consistency, dedication, passion, and uh, bringing uh, worship to the, to the continent of Africa, piercing the darkness with songs of deliverance of worship in Africa. What an amazing evening. If you've not watched that video, I encourage you to go back online and watch that 40-year tribute. It's on our Facebook pages. Uh, so go ahead and, and take that time to do that. You know, we're going to carry on with that uh, theme of piercing the darkness. At the beginning of the year, Pastor Tom in Isaiah gave us a directional scripture in Isaiah 60. And uh, let me just go there from verses 1 up to 3 in the Amplified Version. Here's what the Bible says. It says, Arise from spiritual depression to new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord, for your light has come, and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth, and, dark, and deep darkness will cover the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, Jerusalem, and his glory and brilliance will be seen in you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. He then went on to say, that that's our promise for this year. It's going to be dark. There's going to be gross darkness. There's going to be tumult, but there will be an arising, and his light will shine upon us. We will triumph. We will experience victory. This is why it is critical to walk in the Spirit in this season. God is a loving Father, and he is a protector. Our fortress, our shield, we can run to him and be safe. You know, to understand the perspective of light and darkness, we must go back to the beginning. In theological study, there's a, a law called the law of first mention. And it simply states this, that to have proper context and understanding of a biblical concept or, or a tr the true meaning of something, we go back to where it's first mentioned in Scripture. And from there, we can then use that to interpret its meaning and context right through its mention in Scripture. So when we go to the first part where light and darkness is mentioned in Scripture, we have to go right back to the beginning. Genesis 1, verses 1 to 4. The Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and desolate. Emptiness and darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God hovering over the surface of the waters then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. The first act 
in the process of creation, that is bringing God's order to a dark and formless earth, involved the implementation of an element of God's own dwelling place. That element is light. This is what Pastor Gary taught us over action. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 16, the Bible says that he dwells in an approachable light that no man has seen or can see. Yet God chooses to bring a measure of this central aspect of his own world to initiate it into life in our world. Interestingly, light is the first element introduced into our dark, void, empty continent, into our dark, void, empty world. Yet the sun, moon, stars, planets, and other lights were only added on the fourth day. This gives us three interesting things that we can learn here. Number one, light is the very essence of God's being. Number two, the answer to a dark, void, empty situations in our life or world is God's light. Number three, God spoke light into being on the earth. Let's look at these three aspects separately. Firstly, light is the essence of God's being. 1 John 1 verse 5 says this, This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have the fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You see, God and his word are one. His word states in Psalms 119 that the entrance of his word brings forth light. At creation, God brings the essence of himself, that is light, into the earth through the light of his word. John 1 states this. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing that was made came into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind, and light, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. The light that God brought in the beginning is not the light that is the sun, moon, stars that we read in Genesis that are formed on day four. The light that pierces the darkness, the light that the darkness cannot, cannot comprehend, the light that is the very essence of God that the Bible in Timothy says is unapproachable, that man cannot see. This light is the light of God's word. Psalms 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of thy words gives light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Psalms 119 verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp that guides my feet and a light unto my path. It is impossible to bring the light into dark situations without bringing God's word without living God's word on the earth. God's word is the answer to darkness. It is the answer to dark situations in our lives. It is the answer that darkness cannot comprehend. Darkness and light cannot coexist. We are called to walk in the light as he is in the light. The two do not mix. We deceive ourselves when we proclaim to be in God's light and yet want to be comfortable in the world. 
These two are at odds. In fact, right throughout scripture, they had battle with one another, light and darkness. So we cannot seek to be comfortable in the world, in the world and yet claim to be in the light. The Bible says that when we do that, we deceive ourselves. You see, a lot of us have settled for being comfortable in the, wor in the world at the expense of living by the conviction of the word of God in our lives, thereby bringing light to a dark world. When we walk in the light, we're led of the Spirit. And when we're led of the Spirit, the Bible says that they who are led of the Spirit are the true sons of God. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We are not called to live in comfort. We are called to live in peace. We are called to be led forth in peace. We are called to go out in joy. We can only have that when we are led of the Spirit, when the light of God's Word is in operation in our lives and is the campus and the direction for our decision-making and the way we live on the earth. Number two, the answer to a dark, void, and empty world is God's light. You see, reformation begins with the entrance of God's word into situations. To ask for reformation without light or without the light of God's word is to foolishly prescribe darkness as a cure for darkness itself. 1 John 4 verse 17 says this, Love has been perfected amongst us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. John 8, verse 12, Jesus again speaking to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Matthew 5, verses 15 to 16, Jesus declared this of us. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bow. Instead, they put it on a stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The pattern God established in the beginning when he introduced the essence of his very nature, that is light, is the answer to darkness. It is the answer to a dark, void, and empty world. It is the same pattern Christ reinforced when he walked the earth and says that it is also our mandate. He said he is the light. And then he said of us, we are the light. We are the light of the world. As he is in the world, so are we. Through Christ in us, we reflect God's light in our own dark, void, and empty situations. Without the word of God, without the life of God, we cannot pierce those dark situations. We cannot pierce the darkness. We cannot speak and say, let there be light where there's darkness. It is the pattern that was established in the beginning it is the pattern that Jesus reinforced when he walked the earth. It is the pattern of victory today and forevermore. Darkness does not pierce the light. As Matthew 5 says, darkness covers the light. 
when it is hidden under a bow. Darkness covers the light by our own doing when we allow wickedness, sin, to prevail. When we live as the world lives. When we live compromised lives. When the world's standards become our standards instead of the word of God becoming our standard. When we put our light under a bow instead of on top of a hill so that men may see the light and glorify our Father in heaven. Light pierces the darkness by its very nature. It moves forward. Darkness, on the other hand, covers that light and results in stagnation, death, and rot. That's why darkness covers the grave. Dead things are buried and are covered in darkness, and the rot begins. Sin, wickedness, evil meditations cover the light of God's word in our lives and in the lives of those around us and the world that we're supposed to bring light to. When this happens, death sets in. Therefore, darkness is simply the absence of the activity of God's word. Notice very clearly, I didn't say the absence of God's word. I said the absence of the activity of God's word. God's word may be present, but unless it's lived out by believers, unless it's acted upon, light will be present in our lives, but will not shine forth. It will be covered by darkness, and gross darkness will cover the people. So let's read Isaiah 60 again with this understanding. Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 3 says this, Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, Jerusalem, and his glory and brilliance will be seen in you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Wow! Darkness covers the earth when God's light bearers, that is you and I, that is believers, we have the light of God on the inside of us. Do not arise and shine. When there's a, an absence of the activity of God's word in our lives. When there's an absence of us living out and doing God's word in our lives. When we become hearers only of God's word and not doers. Darkness covers the earth. Gross darkness comes upon his people. His glory will be missing on the earth. However, there's good news. When we allow God's word to come upon us, when we allow it to work in our lives, when we allow it to manifest in and through us, light begins to shine forth in and around us, in and through us, in and around the dark worlds around us. Kings, people, will be drawn to that light. It leads us to the third point. How does that happen? How do we live out this light? 
How do we bring about a new order in a dark world? How do we bring about a new order in a world that is dark, void, empty? How do we bring about a new order in situations that are dark? How do we bring about a new order in circumstances that are dark? I'm glad you asked the question because it's right there in the beginning. It's the same pattern that God uses, the same pattern that he would like you and I to use today. The Bible says that in point number three, God spoke light into being on the earth. God said, let there be light, and there was light. That pattern was established in the beginning. It is a pattern that Jesus walked out on the earth. It is a pattern of victory that you and I have today. The gateway to a creation of a new order is in our mouths, is in your mouth, is in my mouth. Even though God is light, even though his very essence is light, he still spoke and said, let there be light. And what he spoke came into being. He could have created the light by just being God. So why did he have to speak? You see, it's because speaking unlocks the God kind of faith. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I spoke. It creates a new order. This is a kingdom pattern. Even salvation in our lives is unlocked by confession with the mouth and believing in the heart. In Romans 10, the Bible says that, what, what does the word say? It says the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. For with the heart we believe unto righteousness and with the mouth we make confessions unto salvation. This is a pattern. This is a pattern for the, for the new order in our lives. This is the pattern by which we get born again. This is the pattern for the creation of the new being. The Bible says that, behold, a new creation is here. The old has passed away. That pattern has not changed. It is something that God established right in the foundations in the beginning. That when you and I speak, we have authority to have what we speak. Jesus illustrates this in a powerful story in Mark 11. It's the story of Jesus speaking to a fig tree. Mark 11, verses 12, to 4, uh, verses 12 to 14, then 20 to 23 says this, On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing at the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he would find anything on it. But he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, No one will ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening to what he said. Verse 20. In the morning, as they were passing by, the disciples saw that the fig tree had withered from the roots up. And remembering what Jesus said, Peter said to him, Rabbi, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Jesus said, Have faith in God constantly. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. Wow. What a powerful, powerful picture. 
a powerful piece of scripture. Think about this for a second. Jesus spoke loud enough to a tree that his disciples could hear it. I mean, think about it. Your Lord and Savior, your Master, your God spoke to a tree. Hmm. Can you imagine what the disciples were thinking? And he spoke loud enough for them to hear him. If we pass by a person speaking to a tree, we'll say that person is crazy. Where did Jesus get this from? I wonder, could it have been in him in the beginning when he was creating the world in his father, as John 1 said, when his father spoke to a dark, empty, void earth and said, let there be light. And there was light. Whatever he spoke, he had. This leads me to another important question. Could it be that the darkness that covers the earth is because believers do not speak light? Could it be that believers remain silent in the face of their fruitless fig trees, immovable mountains, that darkness, void, empty situations cover the earth and gross darkness over the people? Have we become experts at speaking darkness and silencing the light? We are moved and articulate in the world's words more than we are moved and articulate in God's word. We are moved by the deception and the lies and the darkness and the practices of the world and we can articulate them rather than moved by what we can see with the eye of faith. By what the word of God says. And because we're not moved by that, we don't believe it. And because we don't believe it, we don't speak it. And therefore, darkness, darkness, gross darkness, covers the people. Darkness covers the earth and gross darkness covers the people. Could it be that God's looking for you and I to arise? Could it be that we become so passionate and so informed by his word that it's just and even more powerful than social media, which we become so accustomed to forwarding, to sharing, to uh, messaging, to uh, discussing, and so articulate at, at discussing and talking about darkness than we are talking about the light. We're quicker to share the bad news, the darkness, than we're quicker to share a scripture and light. The principle is this, whatever we say, we have. So could it be that gross darkness covers the earth, uh, darkness covers the earth, and gross darkness the people, because believers are speaking darkness. The Bible says that the fig tree 
had no root because it was not in season. It was not the season for the figs yet. But Jesus still expected fruit from it when he got to it. How crazy is that? Well, that is because he was not expecting the world standard. He was not expecting the seasons and the times of the world to determine how he lives, the decisions he makes, and what he expects. His decision-making, his life, was determined by the season that came from the light of God's word. And because the light of God's word was in him, when he arrived at the fig tree, it was, season, it was the time and the season for the fig tree to give fruit. And if the fig tree did not give fruit, the fig tree had to be moved. So Jesus spoke to that dark situation and said, be moved. For you and I, the same is apparent. We are not to be moved by circumstances. We are to get to the circumstances and say the light has come. And when the circumstances do not align with the light has come, Jesus says we can now speak by faith and say have faith in God. Speak to the mountain and say be moved from here and be placed there. So when he arrived at the fruit tree, the light had come. He said, let there be light. It's the same for you and I as a believer. When situations don't move, or we are enveloped by situations, the problem is that dark circumstances are moving believers and covering their light instead of believers saying, let there be light, and the chaos moves. Instead of believers saying, let there be light, and the emptiness moves. Let there be light, and the darkness moves. Because the emptiness, the void, the darkness cannot comprehend the light of God. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge in it will eat of its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 11, he says, It's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of a man. A man is defiled by, by what comes out of his mouth. That means darkness can cover man and his world by the fruit of our lips, by the fruit of our mouth, by the words of darkness that we proclaim and speak from our mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We bear the consequences of our words. Why? Because it's a pattern and a principle established right in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. When we don't say, let there be light, there will not be light. Could it be that we're perpetuating darkness with our mouths by the absence of God's word in our mouth? If we're empty of God's word in our hearts, we cannot release it in our mouths. That means our mouths cannot say, let there be light to dark situations because we don't know what the light says of those dark situations. Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 18, outlines the six things that God hates, seven which are detestable to him. 
It says, number one, haughty eyes. Number two, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick and rush to do evil. A false witness that pours out lies. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. A lying tongue opens the door to hands that shed innocent blood, to a heart that devises equal wicked schemes, to false witnessing. I mean, the lying tongue is mentioned twice in the seven things that God hates. Eventually, it leads to separation, conflict, and destruction within a community. Just as light enters the earth through God's spoken word and confession, Darkness also enters the earth through the careless, misinformed confessions of his people. Today, I'm not sure where you are at in your life and what situation you face around you, what darkness could be around you? What emptiness could be around you? What void situation could be around you? But we just learned coming out of action and within action that God's light pierces the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. So it's time for you to arise. It's going to be difficult for you to arise and shine and let God's light shine within you if you do not even know the source of the light. You see, you and I are just light bearers. He is the originator of the light. So if you're listening to this broadcast today and you don't know the source of light, you don't know the light of man, that is Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him today because that's where we begin. That's the beginning of let there be light in your life. He was there in the beginning. He's there today. You'll be there forevermore. So if you are listening to this broadcast and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to pray with you today. Like the Bible says in Romans, I read it out before. It says the word of God is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. And today... The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that is, he paid the full price for your sins, it says you're saved. For no one who cries out to God or calls out to God will not be saved. So today I want you to use your mouth to speak light. So if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you listen to this, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ today. I want to pray with you. So just close your eyes and hold your heart and say this after me. Say, Father, today I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe that God raised him from the dead and that he lives. Jesus, today, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I ask you to come and take residence in my heart.
I thank you for your light. I pray that as you enter my life, light comes to my world. That you are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I give you my life today. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Make me white as snow. In your precious name, amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, welcome to God's family. Or maybe you prayed that prayer to rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe the darkness of this world had overtaken you. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Welcome back to the kingdom. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's some numbers that are there on the screen right now. On the other end of that line, we have some counselors, someone that can pray with you. Let them know the decision you've made and they will direct you to someone that can let you know the next steps you need to take from here. For those of you listening to this bro uh, broadcast and for one situation or the other, you've allowed circumstances, the things you face, uh, the emptiness, the confusion, the chaos around you, the chaos of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, to cover your light, to bring gross darkness in your life. I also want you to make use of the telephone numbers that are there before you. We have someone on the other end of the line that can direct you to a prayer counselor. But before we end off today, I just want to pray for you all. Father, we thank you for everyone listening to this broadcast. I thank you, Father, that the entrance of your word giveth light and brings understanding to the simple. I pray, Father, that according to your word, you have brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your marvelous son, Jesus Christ, into the kingdom of light. I pray that we may be true light bearers. We may be the light that is set on a hill so that men see the good works we do and glorify you. Strengthen the weary. Encourage the weak. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that you were blessed and that God will continue to transform your life in this season. If you have a testimony or need prayer and counseling, please send a WhatsApp or a call me to plus 263-784-303900 or plus 263-717-45998. We want to hear from you, and we are here for you, and are ready to listen to you, to pray for you, and to celebrate with you. So thank you, we love you, and stay safe.